we did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. Hi, this is Marlene, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Whether you're watching a video or listening to a podcast, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. Links to videos or MP3 files can be found on MiamiGhostChronicles.com. Go to MarlenePardo.com for information on new book releases. I narrate several podcast series that can be found on major podcast platforms and can also be listened to via Alexa, Sonos, and other home systems. Look for Supernatural Storytime for scary storytelling, Nightshade Diary for classic horror and adventure stories, Stories of the Supernatural for interviews with different guests on the show. If you want to get noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird, you can visit Strange Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com or find us on Blogspot. I want to thank you for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi everybody, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicle Stories of the Supernatural. How's everybody doing today? Good, I hope. I'm doing good. As you can see, I have my Stories of the Supernatural t-shirt, which is very confusing because I didn't realize when I had it printed that having it all over the place was like a, was like a having a psychedelic trip back into the 70s or whatever. But anyway, uh, I know people have been t- texting me about my chickens and the chicks. One small problem, this, you know, besides it being rainy weather, uh, right now we've, for the last couple of days, we've been ex- prepare, anticipating Tropical storm slash hurricane, then tropical storm Elsa, which came up the west coast of Florida. And um, luckily, where I live at, uh, we've just gotten a strong winds, but a lot of rain. And when it's been raining, and then you get a lot of extra rain. Bottom line, I wasn't going to go out there to film the chicks. I mean, as it was, I had to have like a, a plastic tarp over where I kept them. Uh, plus, uh, for for those of you who didn't see my show, two shows, um, that's how I twisted my knee was because I stepped in a big mud whatever, and I was like, <laughs> you know, and I didn't fall down, but I twisted my knee really bad, so I'm really, really careful around mud now. Incredible, but yeah. So I promise, as soon as the weather clears up just a little bit, okay, um, I'll be out there to video the chicks, which are really small because, like I said, this is from the little tiny bantam hen that got killed. So they're like a six of them. The other two eggs of the eight, they haven't hatched. 
Uh, and I even put them under other broody hens and uh, nothing happened, you know. But that's what happens. Sometimes these eggs are not fertilized. But anyway, I've got six chicks, but they're really, really, really small like that. So, yeah. But anyway, let's get on to the, the good part. Oh, and before I forget, I do want to talk about a new sponsor for the show. Okay, this is a um, a service. It's called Primary Notary. All right, and basically what the Primary Notary does is, besides the actual, you know, that obviously that they do notary services, is that they are a mobile notary services. And what that means, especially nowadays, is that uh, with so many people doing, you know, needing documents uh, notarized, whether it's personal stuff, um, or, you know, if you're doing any type of mortgage, closing, refi, even uh, automobile purchases that you need uh, a mobile notary services, they go out. And basically is that they go out when you need it, where you need it, and they travel to your location in the state of Florida at a time that's suitable for you. They're fast, friendly, reliable, and above all, they're very professional and they keep your privacy in mind. They can also assist you with uh, immigration forms, virtual assistance services, title processing. Uh, they can officiate at your wedding. Uh, again, they also have what's called remote online notary services, which means that you can get the notary service done online. You don't even have to do the face-to-face -face thing. Also, they have a bilingual staff, which are fluent, by the way, in both English and Spanish. All their notaries are background checked, certified, bonded, insured. They're available seven days a week, available after hours, weekends, holidays, etc., etc., because there's always somebody out there that, you know, the 11th hours when they need things done. But guess what? It's great when you can get somebody to actually respond. Um, you can find them at primarynotary.net. Email them at hello at primarynotary.net, or you can call them toll-free at 844-423-7773. Again, that's primarynotary.net. Again, now let's get back to the best part of the show, which is I'm going to talk to you about my guest. And this is a first-time guest here on Stories of the Supernatural. This is a gentleman by the name of Dwayne Cerny. And I'm going to give you some bio information on him. He, I, by the way, I, I love his, his bio. Uh, he was awarded a poetry scholarship by Gwendolyn Brooks, the Poet Laureate of Illinois, and he graduated from Northeastern University into the economic downturn of the 1980s unemployment. For a few years, I he stumbled from one soon to be going out of business employer to the next and decided to try to fail in his own self-employment. Uh, he founded a legal word processing called OnDisc. It was small, but surprisingly successful. Now, parallel to this company, he partnered with his musical muse named David Bell and created Persona Records. It's one of the earliest house music labels in the United States, producing legendary DJ Frankie Knuckles, vinyl releases, and licensing music via his own band, Danny Alias. To this day, Danny Alias is bootlegged throughout the world. Now, in 1988, he met Jeffrey Nelson, and together they set off on an antique odyssey. And from 1990 to 1998, he operated, uh, along with Jeffrey, the Wrigleyville Antique Mall, as in WAM, W-A-M. Uh, it's a modern multi-dealer vintage stores in Chicago. Uh, they have tens of thousands of sales, countless fails, and the revelations of too many startling stories to tell in a single night of vintage debauchery. But we'll see how much we can get out of him. And he retells a lot of this in the book that he wrote called Selling Dead People's Things. 
uh, where he documents uh, a lot of the experiences he had. Now today, uh, Jeff and uh, Dwayne, they own the Broadway Antique Market, which is home to 75 top dealers. It's Chicago's largest multi-dealer shopping destination and every bit the vintage department store we hoped it could become, as in that what they wanted. Um, they're there for collectors of mid-century design. Um, it's a mini modern mecca for others. It's a fun place to idle away an afternoon. People watch and or try not to buy something. And as for him, and I quote, I'm older, not much wiser, creakier and crankier, and oh, my feet hurt. Thanks for asking, but yes, I still like to sell you a vintage chair. I'll sit later. <laughs> How are you to welcome him? How are you doing today, Dwayne? I am great, Marlene. Thank you for that. I love your introduction. <laughs> That thing about creak, creak, crankier, and my feet hurt. I can't identify with that. It's the other yeah, day, I was going to ask how your knee is doing. I think oh, let know. me tell you something. <laughs> Believe it or not, I was somebody would have been watching me is what this lady doing dancing out in the chicken yard. <laughs> and basically what I was trying to do is not eat it into – it was just like a big mu- – and I didn't realize it just had been raining. And, you know, and I did one of those, oh, no, 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 no. And uh, I twisted something in my knee. And, um, yeah, it's little by little. I, I Like, I can't really put my weight on it. So, you know, like, I look like Quasimodo going around, like, oh, uh, dragging one foot. But I, uh, there's no, no help for it. And there's only so much ibuprofen you can take before it starts to affect your stomach. So, basically, yeah. Right. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, this is one of those things, you know. But And, and then, of course, my other foot hurts. And people must be saying, oh, you shut up, Marlene. My other foot hurts because, of course, my other leg is because I'm overusing my right leg. So, yeah, such is life. But anyway, the human condition. <laughs> what can I say? So anyway, Dwayne, um, you mentioned you've been doing this for years and years and years and years. And tell me, tell us, tell us what it's like to sell dead people's things because that's really what it comes down to because I imagine a lot of your stuff comes from what, like estate sales and things like that? Yes, and I, and I certainly buy things from people who are above ground. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's, uh, uh, you know, it's funny is I kind of stumbled upon that phrase. I, I would hear a number of like old-time dealers refer to that, mm-hmm. how I sell dead people's things, and I always thought that's just a, it's a little, it's a little vulgar. But it's <laughs> accurate. Throw that out there. It's, a little, it's, a, it's accurate. I mean, it's blunt, yeah. but but it's but it's accurate. And and I always had that in the back of my head, going, "Gosh, that would just be the." Uh, uh, again, years ago, somebody said they wanted to open a store with that name, and I went, "Well, that I don't know." <laughs> You're gonna have a certain um, type of crowd show up for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little, it's a little dark. It's a little dark. Yeah. Um, I always wanted to open up a store that was called Sold. Which is everything in it is sold. If you come in, there's, there's nothing there. It's all sold. <laughs> it's sold. Um, <laughs> but um, so uh, when I was playing around with the idea of, of, I've written a lot of different things over the years, but I never wrote about what I do. Okay. And I'll tell you how this kind of how the book came about. And I was able to get into a, a fantastic writing program in New York. Um, Mm-hmm. Wow, seven years ago, something like that now. Okay. Um, and it and all the writing you you, you did it right there um, in this person's apartment, um, and uh, and then everything had to be true. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, and she and it was it was what was really cool about it was um, she would she would say like you know what write down the five most horrible things that ever happened to you, 
and then she would go around and she'd look over your shoulder and she'd say, okay, I want 10 minutes on that. And you would write about that. Okay. Um, and there were some incredible stories that came out of it, which actually for your listeners would probably find it enjoyable because there was a, there was a woman who insisted that she had been an alien abductee. No. Uh, it was some really, rare, I mean, wow. And, and some very, many of them very difficult stories too mm-hmm. um, about you know, abuse. And, sure. Um, but, but I wrote a story about a, an incident that had occurred to me at, uh, at a, an estate. Um, and, uh, and, I, and I did it. I wrote, I wrote it and I did it. And everyone went to the expression, bullshit. No, oh, you're <laughs> you kidding. Fiction. You can't write fiction. This isn't a fiction class. And I said, no, no, I was there. My partner was there. We have another business partner who was there. This happened. Um, and they just, it, I failed. And I've been going, every week I've been going really well in this class until I got to that story. And I said, oh, my gosh, I finally write about what I do and I fail. And so uh, I went okay. back to Chicago and I rewrote the story 15 times. Just for myself. I was, just, okay. I was so angry with myself. Um, and I'm a lark. I sent it into the New York Times. And darn if uh, Michael Weinrip, who won a Pulitzer Prize, uh, printed it. That's and great. So it, it ran, it, and that was called um, Traces of a Man Who Disappeared. So if any of your listeners want to yes. check that out, it's called Trace, Traces of a Man Who Disappeared. Google that. It's on their, their site and all over the place. Okay. Um, and... Uh, it's just a, a curious examination of a person's life and that things, when you're going through the remnants of a person's life and what they mm-hmm. collected and who they were, it's not always, uh, your, your first assumptions are often incorrect, let's put it that way. Okay. And it was, a really, it, was a, it was a real learning experience for me. And I don't want to say too much about the story because people read it and you'll go, oh, um, <laughs> um, and it's a bit of an old Henry type story. Mm-hmm. So you get to the end and you're like, wow. I mean, it's a kick. It's really a kick in the head. It's an eye opener. Um, and I, the response was tremendous. Some people were really upset about it, which was good. If you're a writer, you want to, yeah, you, know, you want some type of reaction, uh, uh, right? Yeah. You want, yeah, you want some, some kind of reaction and some lovely letters from people really like all over the world, emails from all over the world. Um, and I was, I was just shocked. And I, and I just realized that as you look at the antique business, which tends to be, you know, we all love antique roadshow, absolutely. Um, but, you know, it tends to be a little staid and kind of frumpy. And, um, and it's all, it all comes down to, like, what uh, I always say, like, 95% of the books that are out there about the antique business are, are about identifying what something is and what it's worth. Right. And selling, selling dead people's things is not that book. <laughs> um, that I wanted to kind of dig deeper into it. I wanted to go there. You know, when, when somebody's on roadshow and they tell you the story that it was their great uncle who was in World War One mm-hmm. and was almost killed and they came back with this piece of shrapnel that turned out to be, I don't know, you know, something from Himmler. I, mean, I don't know. There was always some strange story. Um, you go, wow, that, that's fascinating. Um, that always intrigued me. And then I realized, again, this is you know, over the course of doing this for some you know, 30 years, so not every estate I go to and it's a revelation by any means, um, uh, or, or paranormal by any means. Sure. But every once in a while, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you, you, I, I, I stumble upon circumstances, um, and uh, I, it's kind of like letting the object sell the story, really. Um, if, 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 I'm, I'm so fortunate. 
<laughs> um, and then sometimes I can kind of you know, uh, pull things together. Um, but you know, it's funny when even in your introduction on this, I, I, and I and I reference it in the book. You know, in in Pompeii when they were doing the excavation in Pompeii, they found an antique store. Really, there was an antique store. I didn't yeah, know that. when they were importing, they were importing things from all over. You know the area, mm-hmm. and people back then even wanted things from other cultures and other yes, times. That's very interesting. So, yeah, so this business has been around for a long time, and I, I think I've turned a little bit of it on its ear, and and that's what I'm. I think that's what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> well, let me ask you: Did um, that story that you wrote was that the first time that you had had something weird happen, or was that just one of the best stories? Because I know she asked you, "What's the worst experiences you've had?" Right. Um, no, I think I'm not really sure why I chose that one. It wasn't the first. It, it okay. was actually it was probably in point of time. It was probably the most recent. Like it was at the top of my head. Okay. Um, I thought, wow, that would be a good story. These people need to hear that one. Um, uh, where, yes, I mean, things had happened to me um, prior. The story in the book about how um, I go to this elderly lady's little little apartment on Lakeshore Drive mm-hmm. um, and uh, what that what that turns into. That had happened many years earlier. Okay. Um, so I kind of reached into my bag and um, it's just, I, if the book was really on one of like the strongest stories in right. there. And then it's a, you know, a, bit, a bit of a parallel, um, I guess, autobiography memoir, mm-hmm. more accurate, which really wasn't my intent <laughs> per se. Um, initially I thought I'd put all these stories together and then I, I had some. I had a wonderful editor, and they said, "You know, you, you should really weave this into what you do every day, and people okay. might find that engaging." So it's a little bit of a business book. Okay. I know that might sound odd, but I, I believe it is because it just shows you what um, well what it's like to start a business and fail, and start and fail, and keep at something. Sure. Um, and darn it, you know, every once in a while it works out. Yeah, so, uh, stick-to-itiveness. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I don't include all that in, in, in the book, but I just mm-hmm. I fell on my face many, many times, and I had minor successes with things that I didn't make any money at. Um, the record business was one, but um, but I was there to really at the beginning of something, and often at the very beginning of something, there really isn't a lot of money. <laughs> no, there <laughs> isn't. There it. isn't. There is. But very, you know, what people don't realize, and I know this sounds like oh that so trite, but the truth is that even when you fail, you learn something if you're smart. <laughs> you know, oh, I'm not going to do that again. I, I, absolutely, I actually think you learn more from failure than you do from success. <laughs> yes, I really, I, I, I it's, it's painful. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> if, if, yeah. If nothing else. It's like I'm not going to do that again. No, of course, um, of course, and and I mean, um, even if you have a different type of business, you realize there's certain things that you that's like no, that's that I'm not going to do that. I already found that with that other business. Yeah, but, but there are mistakes you can make that are just applicable. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, it's it, it's it's interesting. It's uh, again my 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 business partner you know, who's just is fantastic, um, but he's not. He was never an entrepreneur like I was okay. um, and am. Um, and he's much more cautious of things because he hasn't fallen on his face as many times as I have. He's afraid like the next time he's going to fall on his face. Now I'm like, well, I'm just going to try it because well, what can happen? Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, well, was that the worst so, case scenario kind of deal? Yeah, I mean, we're not, we're not, we're not you know, suggesting people risk life and limb, you know, but, but I've just had a lot of things. Yeah, I really encourage people, whatever it is that they want to do, 
try it. Put your oh. toe in the water. Sure. Um, and, and, and something like that. This book was turned down by, wow, I don't know, 50, 60 publishers. <laughs> Are you um, serious? I am serious. I am serious. And, wow. and it's gone on to be the number one antique and collectible book on Amazon twice. <laughs> That's just once. That's twice. incredible. U- USA and Canada in its fourth printing. Um, it's, it's carried in antique malls and antique stores all over the country. So not just bookstores, but right. antique stores sell it. So, and that's something I stumbled upon a whole different way to market it and merchandise it. And, and actually dealers buy them from me. Right. In other words, you, you, you went outside booth. the uh, bookseller or bookshop yeah. uh, approach. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did it. Mm-hmm. And because and, uh, it's still in, you know, as an independent title, mm-hmm. but uh, and I had an agent. I had an agent in L.A. who was lovely, and, but she just couldn't place it. And she kept saying, "It's a TV show," and I said, "Well, it's not. <laughs> it's a book. <laughs> I want it to be a book, <laughs> at um, least at the beginning, right?" <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a great dream, and I think that was more her dream than mine. And it was like you know, uh, it's it's a yeah. anyway. Because um, uh, when you you know as you read it, it's you know it's a, it's a collection basically of short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think where it's episodic, and I see where people want to go looking at it uh, in, in terms of in terms of uh, you know media. But I wanted a book, and I like to write, and that was a this That's is an opportunity to write about what I you know, what I do. Yeah, which is great because that's what you know. In other words, and obviously you have a passion for your business, for what you do, and it translates into the story. You know the the experiences. Um, which is what I was getting, you know, after so many years. Let me ask you, did you ever, uh, how's this, was the first experience that you had that maybe it was like, was it when you went to some place or after you bought something and brought it back to your shop? Was the, what would be the the experience that I Right, that you had some experience that you were like, man, there's something's weird that's going on or, you know, or. Oh, oh, okay. Um. Uh, first, I, I would say the first one was in in in, in, in I always call it in point of place okay. <laughs> in, a, in, in, in a in a in a in a in a residence and okay. a, in a circumstance. Later on, yes, um, but I would say much later on. And what's interesting about that, and actually, we can kind of get into that now too, is that the because um, I do have it's a I have a very big store, and upstairs, which I kind of knew at the time when I bought the building, but I really didn't think about it. Part of the upstairs had been a, an apartment um, after the war. Okay. You know, after the war, it was really hard to find any kind of an, any kind of apartment, so they were turning everything into apartments. Well, that part of the store, lots of stuff goes on. Really? <laughs> and I had, I had felt it and didn't really want to make a big deal about it. You know, some, not everybody's happy with those that's that, that, uh, statement. Um you know, I want people to go up there and shop and have fun and you know, buy mm-hmm. something. I don't want them to be, you know, scared. Um, and then I've, at first I just thought it was me, but over the years, and I've had this building now for 22 years, um, uh, I've lost count of how many people have asked me. And it's interesting because when, what I think it is, I think I've narrowed it, narrowed it down to a couple different things. I've never had it professionally investigated. Okay. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure I want from earaches to strep tests, there's Minute Clinic at CVS. See a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials. Or see us online with telehealth options. That's healthier made easier. Visit Minute Clinic at CVS today. Services vary by location. See MinuteClinic.com for details. 
Just hearing the word cancer can be frightening. At Kaiser Permanente, we're a leader in the prevention, early detection, and treatment of cancer. We keep track of your cancer screenings and remind you when it's time for the next one. And if you ever do hear that word, our teams of specialists use cutting-edge treatments to help make other words like hope, recovery, and cancer-free possible. Kaiser Permanente, tomorrow's healthcare today. Learn more at kp.org thrive. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan of the Mid Atlantic States Incorporated, 2101 East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. But, um, uh, but oftentimes people feel that they'll say, oh, you have another employee upstairs, which I do not. Um, <laughs> and you're like, no. Uh, and that, uh, no. And they, they feel they're being watched, which is a very, obviously, a, a common experience. Okay. Um, but I've also realized because it's an antique store, we have so many things come through there. So many things. And people have this, I totally believe this, and I know it to be, I didn't know it to be true. It's a fact. <laughs> that there are, just, there are people who just kind of expend their energy into objects. And, and mostly it's because they love them. Yes. It's because they love them. It was, their, it was a favorite thing of theirs. Mm-hmm. And there's just this, resi- so it's, I feel generally it's a very positive thing, at least in my experiences with the store. And so they're kind of energized. They're just, what it is. It's, I think it's very simple. <laughs> and there are people who are rather sensitive or intuitive. Mm-hmm. Maybe they know it, maybe they don't. Um, and that's when that connection is made, right there. It's a very right. personal thing. And so when I have a girl will come down and she'll say, you have this mirror upstairs. And I'll think, oh, she wants to buy the mirror. And it'll be, and she says, has anybody ever talked to you about that mirror? Where did that mirror come from? You know, and, and I had this, I, had an, I think I had an experience. I think I felt something. Um, or it's a photo, or it's a piece of furniture, or okay. it's a little vase. or it's a, And it tends to be, obviously, the more antique things. I, right. I've not stumbled upon too much mid-century modern haunted yeah. <laughs> objects. That's not happened, you know. Um, but I, 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 uh, easily 20 people. 20 people who don't know each other, right. all just random so uh, that is not happenstance. Right. From There's your something. perspective, like you said, these people are totally unconnected one to the other. It's like they didn't go upstairs totally. on all these sides, you know, plus the no. different times. Have you ever had one piece that everybody that you're like, okay, is, is anybody else going to come and tell me something about this piece? Well, the, the, I have a, a, a story in the book about the death. And it's a bit, a bit of a long story um, give it briefly was just that that goes back to Wrigleyville for in our first store okay. is that I'd had I had this desk um which had come in I mean a guy brought it to us which is odd because usually we're going to someone's home mm-hmm. the guy brought this this desk in um and so the people understand what it was it was rather, rather a folk art desk which means somebody actually made it and then so it wasn't a mass-produced thing it was an individual an, art, an artist that made this desk and I'm going to say will be kind, turn of the century, 1890, something like that. Small, it's a small desk. Um, but it was a, a partner's desk, which means you could sit on either side of it. Mm-hmm. The drawers would open through. They pay, you could pass through things through the drawers. And really unusual desk. And in the bottom of all the drawers were, were, were these wood-burned symbols. Every drawer had all on the bottom of the drawers, and depending how you put them in, and you couldn't, I always, again, in the book, I call it, it's like, it, it was like, Pig Latin. <laughs> okay. Um, it was, what is it? What language is this? It was just symbols. It made no sense to me, to anybody else. Um, 
Well, so the first thing that happened with that desk is I had, it was down in, in, in the basement, which is not a dusty basement, it's a very modern, clean basement where we would sell furniture. And I had two employees down there who actually, which I think is the point of the story, they did not get along. These are two guys that really did not look working together. And one afternoon, like a Saturday afternoon, they both come running up the stairs, screaming, just screaming. Um, and about that, the, the, some of the drawers had opened, and little balls of light had come out and were bouncing all around the room. Now, this is a basement. There are no windows. There's, right. There are no windows. There's no light. There's no light source there for that okay. to happen. And again, weird, because these are two guys who wouldn't agree on lunch. You know what I mean? <laughs> they wouldn't agree on anything. Yeah. They could not be more different. And one of them quit after it. Really? Now, this, this desk, this desk I would sell three times. So the first two times, people brought it back. What? And, yeah. So, and it would be, I don't want this desk. Can I have my money back? And what would they I tell knew, you? Did they I, tell you why? They went, no, they did not want to say anything, which is a sign right there. Yeah. Uh, silence is an answer. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, it was, I want my money. Well, yeah, if you're going to return something, too, I want my money back. That, that, that's <laughs> really the topic, right? And, okay. and, you know, that's why I'm still in business. I work with people. That's fine. It didn't work out for you. I don't want, I don't want, take your desk back. <laughs> right, right, right. Right? Fine. Oh, okay, fine. So uh, they comes along. I've been in the store. And my manager calls me, and she says, oh, there's this lovely woman here. And uh, she wants she wants the best price on the desk, and I'm like, sell that desk. You need to sell it. <laughs> you need to sell that desk. This desk needs to go. Um, yeah. And how I tell the story is, from her point of view and the correspondence that I had from her afterwards, because oh, okay. finally somebody was like, buys this desk. The same thing happens to her and her uh-huh. husband. Um, where and it did get a little odd because it, it went from just the light to then the drawers would just come out. Or they'd come in the room and the drawers would be pulled out. Okay. And they'd be like, did you open the desk up? But no, I didn't touch it. And, um, so, uh, oh, and then they'd come back in and sometimes they'd be closed when they had left them open. So okay. it was that kind of stuff. So um, she, had, she contacted me with, what, what do you know about this? And, of course, I'm like, you can bring the desk back. My first response is, just right. bring the desk back. You're thinking, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 road. I've done this before. It, here it comes. Here mm-hmm. it comes. And she said, no, you don't understand. I love this desk. My grandmother had a, a, a partner's desk similar to this. I'd be looking for this desk, a desk like this for years. No, okay. I don't want to bring it back. But what do you know about this desk? And all I could tell her was what I just told you now. <laughs> okay. How I got it and the issues that I had with it and that it was just, that writing on it was inexplicable. Um, and... It seemed to be that in the correspondence that I had with her, uh, not recently, but yeah, after after this, right. um, she just kind of accepted that this was part of what it did and what it was, mm-hmm. um, and it needed to be just accepted. And then it, she didn't have as many incidences once she just kind of accepted it, okay. as that's what it wants to do. Um, and I felt it finally found its home, that it was okay. clearly... I wanted some uh, uh, attention, but it was a, a probably one of those haunted objects. Um, and again, I have to do all this secondhand, but this is multiple people, five or six. Right, right. And I know what you're telling me. Plus, your employees uh, that come running out of the basement. Employees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's your first giveaway. Over, you know, going with that. 
Um, and and I, you know, I, I, did, I did believe them, mainly because it was such an unusual piece. Okay. You know, if, if this was, like a, this was a, you know, a sofa somebody brought from Sears, you know, yes. I wouldn't believe it. I really, I wouldn't. But this was such an unusual, and again, the fact one person made this, and it must have taken hundreds of hours to do. I wish I, wish I, 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 wish I had photos of the bottoms of all these drawers. Just the woodwork was was a, uh, it all burnt into it. it. Was phenomenal. It was just it was it was gorgeous. It really it should have been in a museum. But but I think this person who my guess is whoever had made it was just so passionate about it, and part of him or her was just still there. Sure. Um, and wanted it to be. You know, it's like don't don't put me in a fireplace. Let me ask you something. How how old would you guesstimate that that piece was? Oh, easily turn of the century. Really? Oh, okay. Century. Yeah, 19, 1890, 1910. Mm-hmm. So it had an arts and crafts look to it, okay. but it was really more folk art, which is different. Mm-hmm. Um, in that it's so there's still there's mass produced arts and crafts, but not folk art. That was just a one of a kind. Right. Uh, right. That's what I was um, getting at. That. Yeah. That whoever like um, this wasn't like a factory produced. Uh, you know. No. No. And personal and, kind like of I thing. Said, and but a couple things, you know, kind of winding back to it was after the writing class, I realized there was a different way to tell the story. Okay. And so when people read the story in the book, and it's it's rather an involved story, and there's a little more details in it, but it gives okay. you the Reader's Digest version of it. But it's a different way to tell the story. It, those are still the facts of how they occurred. Right. Um, but uh, I still get it as a retailer. This is just you know. For someone calling, saying I'm, I'm I'm calling you up, but I'm not bringing this item back. So, and, and this is funny because her husband kept saying, "Well, then, what are you complaining about?" Right. I was going to say, <laughs> you know, what she calling, she wanted to what, make sure, like, you, <laughs> well, you know, here she's asking the same question you're asking now. What was this about? Right? Why? What? And we don't. These things are title of the book inexplicable. Right. There, there, some things there aren't answers to them, and you know, maybe we. Maybe we wouldn't even want to know. Right, right. In other words, <laughs> you, you, you know, you didn't find a hidden note in one of the drawers that no. said this was made by, you know, uh, like, you know, and then that's the, da, well, the and, end of the story. And, and, but, but strangely enough, perhaps somewhere, someone <laughs> can transcribe what is written on the bottom of all those drawers. Sure. So actually there is kind of a note. It's really, it almost seemed like a story that's written on that. But, you know, it's, it was, again, it, there was almost like hieroglyphics. Right, and, and the reason why I also asked you is that yeah. I, I imagine that sometimes, like you said, especially somebody with your expertise, you know, you know, I know that this type of uh, desk, for example, was manufactured from this year to this year, and usually it was by this right. either this craftsman or this fact. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You narrow it mm-hmm. down. Totally. Oh no, no, I could say, oh, this was Stickley. Stickley mm-hmm. did this in 1910 to 1915. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, and I'm I'm no expert either, but. But just generally, but again, it's different with. with well, you with never folk know. Art. Maybe some it's writer be, poured out their soul you know, on it, and it wasn't the manufacturer; it's the person that was. Could be, or using you know, it. or just it's a kind of a, um, you know, just a frustrated craftsman. It's probably a frustrated writer, so I'm just going to write my story on the piece of furniture that I made. Yeah, it's like you I know, but but it's uh, it was a fantastic piece of furniture. I think it's a I think it's a an interesting story. <laughs> Let me ask you, do, do you ever, I want to ask you this question, since you said that this, basically, this desk was brought in by somebody. Yeah. Has anybody ever brought something to you or 
same thing. You go to visit some place, like an estate sale, that you've seen a piece, whatever it is, and when you see it the first time, it's like, wow. And then when you get, there's something just off of it, and you just, the, the vibes are not right. Or are you being? Um, are you going to be the businessman, which is what it sounded like? <laughs> You're going to be the, the well. You know, there was, a, there was a, there was a piece that came in, and it was from uh, the. Um, it's a little disturbing, but the um, and sometimes they are. Um, he was a, a, in a in a courtroom. He was a sketch artist mm-hmm. in in trials, right. and um, very very talented man, um, and very intriguing pieces of art. I mean, really for having very little time, I'm guessing he probably did these very quickly and then later on kind of fleshed in the colors and whatever. They were, they were really well done. But on the backs of them, he would put what the trial was about. Oh, and those were very, dis- very disturbing. I bet. Because it was, you know, the, I, the one that I, that I ended up with was, because um, I, liked, I, I liked the art. I didn't, mm-hmm. didn't really look at the back of it. Um, and it was about the, the death of a child. Right. Um, the murder of a child. Okay. Um, and uh, by, I think it was the father. Mm-hmm. Um, just abuse. And um, I, 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 I still have that piece. Right, because people don't there, realize I, they don't allow I, cameras during the trial. So. You know, no, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, and um, you know, again, not that the piece isn't well done. It absolutely is. But mm-hmm. I mean, if this, is, this was this man's art and he's reporting. Yeah, I mean, it this really is his job. You know, he's, it's yeah, it's it's news. Yes, <laughs> it's back, you know, and this is a thing from the. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say it's from the late '60s, okay. early '70s, something like that. So it does have it has some age, but but that was one where I didn't realize what it was until I probably wouldn't have bought it. And mm-hmm. again, that's not a paranormal thing. That's just a Your life thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So um, and then I've had people bring in things that were just in, you know horribly inappropriate um uh, I imagine and you must have seen some things come in just dead um well i had a guy come in one time with and he had um he had a a, a pail a bucket okay. and he brings out all these little brass photos with covers on them right and a whole pile of them well i mean instantly i knew well these are what you what people would have on the tombstones and cemeteries and you, where you lift up the little brass. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about, that they swivel there. off. Well, so I'm not saying, yeah, and I'm not saying he did it, but someone went through and you know, just defaced the cemetery, for God's sake. Okay. Um, and, and it was, I just said, get out. <laughs> I mean, I would never buy, no. Right, buy. yeah. It's horrible. You know, put them back. Oh, I just found them. Maybe he did. I don't know. That's but, a whole lot of but, stuff. To- <laughs> so, yeah, and I mean, they are beautiful, but they're beautiful. They should remain right where they were. So, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, um, and uh, people, you know, have looted cemeteries for you know decades. Yeah. But, um, um, but there are things that come in, and you just uh, no. <laughs> well, uh, recently I was re- I was writing an article, and one of the things that involved was part of it was Jane Spansfield, and later on, I, and I didn't know that this was not a col- uh, this was not an antique shop, but it, it ended up in a. Um, a company they they closed down by now the, the out in Hollywood called Dearly Departed they would do two tours and they had like mm-hmm. a museum mm-hmm. they ended up yeah. with James Mansfield's car okay yeah. which was totally crashed and, and supposedly even had uh, some type they, they were saying it was her blood but you know whatever 
and they had it what this what she got killed in the 60s and it was like what 50 years later and i was like man it, it's I, I hate to say it i know for some people the morbid stuff is attractive but at the same time when you oh. start really thinking about yeah what took place with it you're like hey uh, yeah okay. yeah um oh i mean there are you know and i, I don't i don't appreciate these things either but i mean there are serial killer museums oh yeah and, you know and there's collectors for a lot of there's a lot of kind of I, i'm generalizing but i have young people come in and ask sometimes and it's in a, but they're in, it's always in a kind of a goth way mm-hmm. i look at it it's almost as if in terms of like a fashion right you know they have something that's that's jeffrey dahmer or john wayne gacy or whatever and people ask because both of those are regional you know to chicago right um those, both those stories so they'll be, oh, you know, you ever get anything? And, and, and no, and I don't want to. But um, yeah, people people collect some they're pretty strange things. Yeah, it's like nah, uh, everything's been bad. I'm sorry. It's like, how many things? How many personal items do you think these uh, serial killers had? By the way, like, <laughs> that's, that's right. But but like Jay Mansfield's death car. Yeah, right. That, that was that, like I didn't know that. I, right. know. I was like, whoa. Um, well, James Dean's death the car, little bastard. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. They don't you know, know where that's at. That, that and, disappeared, and I don't think it's it ever surfaced again, did it? Uh, that, that's that's interesting. Um, yeah. But again, in these moments of of, of sudden death, mm-hmm. I can certainly see residual things happening. Um, sure. I think that's one reason that that they do. You know more about that than I do, but but um, uh, yeah. So you know, just even say with uh, you know the states I've been, it's it's. It's some of them really. It, it's how how recently something has happened or not, you know. Okay. Because I've gotten into places that's been. There's a chapter in there about the Edgewater Hospital, and um, and I got in there in I don't know 2000 2005 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But that was a place that had you know a, a hundred year history because it started as a hotel, like a very upscale hotel, and then it was okay. then it kind of went fell into disrepair and then this doctor buys it as a private hospital and that was he was very successful with that for a while and then that his business kind of uh lessened and it fell in disrepair and that's a place of just uh and there's i understand now there's a i think there's a whole podcast series on the edgewater hospital in chicago but i was in there but i was in there very early um and here i'm by i'm I'm not wasn't there on any anything paranormal i'm I'm yeah right you were just and desks and uh, and uh, uh, coat trees and chairs and uh, tables with chrome. You know, you always think all those medical places they had all the chrome furniture. Yes, you know from the fifties, all that chrome mm-hmm. furniture with the kind of uh, it's sticky uh, vinyl uh, upholstery. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. well I sell that's, I that's what that. I sell. <laughs> and it's, yes. it's actually kind of deco looking, but um, mm-hmm. but that place was definitely you got the vibe no matter where you were in it. It was uh, it was it was the middle of summer and it was so cold in there. Um, that's the one thing I uh, remember. And then I mentioned I mentioned a couple other things that that um, happened there. And that's a story in and of itself. What and what I like about, if I may, is that of some course. of the things I write about. If people are interested in it, Google it. There are, there's more stuff out there about. This is just my experience, you know, in a place, a public mm-hmm. place like that, at least. Um, there's so much out there. Um, so I think I, I add a little color to it because, again, you know, I was there fairly early, you know, into it. Um, and, uh, and one of the, actually, the, the, the one reason I mentioned it is when I, the, even the title of the book, I said, Vintage Fails. 
mm-hmm. people said, what's a vintage fail? And a vintage fail is the thing you didn't buy, the okay. thing you should have bought. And there was the painting of the gentleman who uh, uh, owned it as a hospital. And there was this oh. fantastic painting in the lobby. that I could have bought that afternoon. I oh. could have. I didn't even ask about it mainly because I was so spooked and I wanted to get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not taking that home. <laughs> I'm not, I, yeah, it's just, but in retrospect, that's a vintage fail. I, mm-hmm. I absolutely should have bought that because that person's presence was so clear. Um, uh, he, he, yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you, do you again, come across a lot of these properties? And, 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 you know, in recent years with this show about the hoarding, people don't realize that there's people out there that are hoarders, like ugly hoarders, and then there's other people that I call nice hoarders in the sense that they're very um, methodical and very organized, but they hoard. Have you ever come across any um, properties like that where it's like... Oh, absolutely, yes. Um, Then there's the ones I also call high-end hoarders, where the things there's like actually lots of nice things there. Mm -hmm. There's just so much that you can't even move. And Mm -hmm. those, those are good. Those are good. Okay. But, again, you know, when you're dealing with, you always say this is a business of relationship. And when you're dealing with that, the person who's still there and they, they know they need to downsize because they're going to get evicted or whatever, right. it, just like the show, very stressful. Yeah. And they don't want to part with anything. Yes. And oftentimes it's not even about the money. You can be offering them, oh, offering them good money for things. That's and they're it. like, no, no, you don't understand. I found this. In, yeah, you know, they know the story behind everything. Too. Oh, everything! You're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. And I'm, in, I'm a story guy. I'm interested in stories. <laughs> it right. needs to be a good story. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. So yes, yes. But and but the uh, but to the opposite of uh, yeah. The, again, there's a there's actually a um, a little story in the book uh, about uh, and it was a woman who was very from what everyone said it was just very very sweet. And it mm-hmm. wasn't that she was a hoarder per se, but she took in a homeless person that she'd met on the street and felt bad for him. Okay. And he came in, and he was the hoarder. <laughs> oh. And he proceeded to fill up her house with just garbage, just everything, because he lived on the street, and that's what he knew. Yeah. I'm not judging. That's just what people have to right, do. Right, right, no. You so see them. Could, you see them in every city that they yeah. push along these um, carts. The and carts, and they'll pick, the, well, yeah. you know, I, I know yeah. later on I'm going to need that milk cart. You know, yeah. I, you know I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they've got it. But so that, and then because he needed money, he started breeding uh, pit bulls at her basement. Oh, my God. And that was... That was then the end of the house. And it was really, really nice Chicago bungalow. Oh, my God. What, nice she, that town. Um, and then she passed. And then we're in there. And We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row. Proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by root metrics for the 16th time in a row. Proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one Best Network, Verizon. 
Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks. That was that was kind of a hazmat situation in that when we show up, we were given booties to put over our shoes. <laughs> and, 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 well, and what's funny is masks, which we were wearing masks well before COVID. Let me ask you something. How long was he in there? Just out of curiosity. Oh, he was... You know, it doesn't take long. No, I know that. A couple, I'm going to say a couple years. Let me tell you, um, you know that saying, no good deed goes unpunished? Oh, boy. God, my mother used to say that all the time. <laughs> but, but Marlene, this was, you were just walking on garbage. I mean, you were just walking on it. And the, the people who were there doing the clean-out had shovels. Oh. And they would shovel this stuff. And then we would go through that, which now, even now I look at it, that was just so unhealthy and risky know, of us to do but and then but then there's a piece of really anything of value mm-hmm. i think he had taken okay. so there was very little you know any kind of textile or clothing is ruined right. in that i mean we think we found some little pe- couple of pieces of costume jewelry and uh I know, as i say sometimes the only thing i come out of this place places with is a story right <laughs> um, which which and, yeah people don't realize that that hoarding um yeah, you take it up wherever you go. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, and um, yeah, I, I I I think about that place so often because it was just one of the worst hoarding situations. Oh, there was a, what were there? Um, uh, uh, there were some kind of animals in the attic. Um, a po- a possum Possums, and her yeah. babies. And so we had to stop so that we get the service people to come and catch the animals and then let them out into the woods. It just, you know, <laughs> but and I, here I have another, there's another story. Not that it's a hoarder story, but right. it's actually an animal, the animal rescue story uh, that I get, a, I get a dog and a bird and all these. So it's a, this is an interesting business. I, always say, I, I was going to tell you, this. see, this is the kind of stuff that because you do this for a living, you know, if everybody thinks that where you go to is these estate sales where everything is like in its place, but I'm sure you find <laughs> situations that you're like, Okay, I, do I really want to go in there? <laughs> you do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, every, every day is an adventure, in, you know, in, in, in that respect. And then here, and then we clean it up, and then it's put in a showcase, and it's presented to you. You know, I think it's funny when people come and say, oh, there's dust here. And I'm going, you have no idea what it took for us to get dust. Yes. Seriously, dust. <laughs> yeah. um, to get this piece here, but yeah, but I don't really look at it, and, and a lot of antique dealers. I'm friends with geez, a zillion people here in town and in New York, and um, many of us feel that this is almost like you're rescuing something. Yes, um, and that was like that. It's a puppy or a kitten. Yes, that when you're you're giving something another something that really would have been lost, and you're giving it another another life, mm-hmm. um, and it goes on into somebody else's life. Um, I mean, this is the ultimate uh, recycling business. There's yeah. nothing greener than the antique business. And right. I think over the last couple of years, especially with younger people, mm-hmm. they totally get it. Okay. Totally get it. The landfills are, are filled. <laughs> we don't need to be doing any more oh, of that. Oh, let me tell you and, something. And I tell everybody, you know, you know, when you're a little bit older, there, you, there didn't used to have to be so many storage spaces before. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh my gosh! No, <laughs> you know you would maybe you would hear somebody maybe storage if they were moving, but this was a very rare thing. Oh, now you got a yeah. storage unit, uh, one of those storage oh. unit buildings, just oh. about every corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a huge business. 
It is. And if you think it's just because people are in transit, no, there's people that already have a home. No. no. And they have a storage space also. Well, and look, there's about half a dozen storage shows on on, on Mm -hmm. TV. Um, I'll I'll tell you this. I don't think it's any secret, but Mm -hmm. maybe people don't don't know. And I'm not saying all of them, but we've, we've propped... TV shows and movies, and we've probably done 200 films over over, over the years, um, and we've got a whole bunch of things we're, we're doing this week for shows that will be coming out, like on Netflix. Um, but we've been approached by storage shows just to prop out um, those those units, those storage yeah. units, which we would which we would not do. I would not, so I mean they want to rent rent things to put in. The, <laughs> so well, no, but you know, coming fake, back to that, you were you saying know. that sometimes people get there's so much stuff and that they get, and it's not even it's because they're quality, you know. And then they, it's like before, you know, you just had enough as you know, unless you had a hoarding problem. I'm talking the t- typical person. Basically, you had what could fit in where you lived, whether it was an apartment or a house mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. And maybe if you wanted to get a new piece, you'd get rid of an old one and move stuff around, and that was it. You know, or stuff got broken. But if somebody right. would have told you, hey, by the way, you know, one of the best, best businesses there's going to be is that you're just going to have empty warehouses where people will pay you money every month, sometimes for years, mm-hmm. to store mm-hmm. things there. Yeah. Forever and yeah. ever. And you're like. Yeah. And, and then generally, let's be honest, it's crap. Because yeah. if it was things that you really liked and needed, it would be in your, in your home. Of These course. are things you didn't. You didn't you need another blow up beach ball and you know, your oh, yeah. you know, your third lazy boy <laughs> recliner, you know, or whatever it is. Yes. You know, I mean very often and I don't you know, I, I don't I don't I don't I shouldn't say that I rarely get anything from a locker. If I do it's because someone's called me up and said, Hey, I have a dining room set mm-hmm. that I bought from you ten years ago and now I'm moving and I need this would you buy it back from me? Right. That's happened to me. Um sure. but yeah, huge business. Huge business. Yeah. Yeah, no but, well they, but they, there's a lot they, um, yeah, I, I, you know what, and I hate to say because, you know, you mentioned that thing about a lot of these storage programs. They make it sound like there's treasures everywhere. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I think that's the exception no. rather than the rule. No, it's the, well, that gets into what part of reality TV is yeah. real. Well, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, some of it, but I'll be, I'm being kind. I know. Um, <laughs> because something like that, well, there was, because we've, we turned down things and that was something we turned down. I said, I'm. No, I'm not doing that. That's just participating in a fraud, as far as I'm concerned. But, right. um, um, and there's plenty of other decent productions that come along, and generally, the, generally, the prop people there they work so hard. Oh my gosh, it's, I'm, right. I'm always just amazed. People have no idea what it takes when they're when you're you're looking at something on TV. to talk about just the the time and effort to create just that. Oh yeah, shot. just for just either a half scene. an hour or whatever. Yeah, for yeah, or, or thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. um, yeah, um, we did a Dairy Queen commercial a couple weeks ago, and I mean it was just very involved. Oh, um, Dairy Queen. I mean, why would it not be? It's a you know, it's a it, it, it's a it's a it's a business. Yes. But um, but I love the fact that media is now reflecting more vintage. They're showing more vintage, mm-hmm. and then I mean, your listeners will just watch TV, look for things, and you'll see like Let me ask these are things that got from. Yeah, have you done it for movies, like for props, for oh. for films, like oh, that? Oh, uh, we've we've done two hundred films. I could, I, uh, wow. we wrote wrote the perdition. Uh, really, Tom Hanks. Yeah, um, that's right. That's... Only the only the only the lonely. I mean, I'm going back. We yes. did uh, Oprah's first foray into scripted television, which is called Brewster Place. I think it only lasted a oh. season or two. Um, I gave got things for 
I actually we sold Oprah uh, a custom-made um, kitchen set that sat 24 people. You know, you know, those, those, those you, know you don't find that that often you anymore, them. do you? <laughs> oh, you, well, a custom one you don't. You don't. You don't even I mean, for a, that many people that. at no, seating for that, that's 24 custom-made. And then uh, they put it in a bowling alley for one of our reading groups, mm-hmm. when Oprah had those reading groups. Right. So, I mean, we go back. We go back. <laughs> um, and, again, we're did, we, there's, we did two last week, two big shows. Um, uh, we did Fargo. We did almost every season of Fargo Okay. Um, that's been uh, shot here. Anything that's shot in Chicago, they're going to come through. I mean, other people do, too. There's plenty of other places right, that, right, that, right. That, that they rent from. But, but we're, a, we're a major source for, for these things and have been. Um, oh, I, 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 and also, like, a lot of really lousy movies. I'm naming some good movies. But we did, well, we did the, uh, the, remember the Chucky movies, the little crazy little doll that yeah, went around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did this. Yeah, we propped out stuff for. Ch- and then people say, "What? Is, what was there?" You know, I don't even remember. You know, it would be like a rug that Chucky sat on. You know, he's right. there on the floor sitting on a rug. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, right. They're trying. Yeah, they're trying um, to relate all these sequels or whatever. Yeah, it's the lamp in the back. Remember that scene? Yeah. You know. So, um, and then some clunkers, some things that have never been released. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's so interesting, because yeah, um, yeah. It, it, Let's say exa- that 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 movie that you mentioned, Road to Perdition. You know, we're here talking Prohibition, yep. and there's us like you, you like you said. There's a certain flavor that you want to portray when you shoot this movie, and you think absolutely everything that's there. You know, the, it's not just the actors or the clothing; it's the everything. Yeah, and uh, that there's the scenes there where a number of them were shot at a, in a mansion in uh, Evanston, mm-hmm. uh, right off the uh, Northwestern campus. Um, and everything went went there, and those were just for those those scenes. Um, uh, gosh, I know. I think we rented them a sofa. Just kind of these yeah. things come back to me in in flashes here. Um, but uh, and also, you know, I, I kind of now understand why a movie costs a hundred million dollars. Oh yeah, those budgets. Like, what did they do the with all that money? <laughs> of just for all you know, all this stuff, we did uh, almost all the John Hughes films, really? and John Hughes was was lovely and in that um and sometimes we got to meet these people and sometimes we didn't we didn't but but um john Hughes would buy everything okay and then at the end of the production he would have an auction really? of all the props and then he donated all the money oh that's nice he would have that's, he, that's... He, had, he had like a specific charity that he created yeah. that was so so it was great because he got hollywood to, to cough up this money to buy this that's stuff. a great idea though because it was yeah and he's really one of the few people that would do that um um, some of them buy would buy things and then they try to sell it for more money so they can make money to pay for the clunker of a movie that they made, you know, and that doesn't work out. But, um, and then of course a lot of them rent, but, um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I found though recently they tend to buy things because oftentimes they need to reshoot scenes right? and you don't need to come, you don't need to go, well, we brought that thing back and then I sell it and then they need it again. It's so like, it's no, like, yeah, oh, it's, no, it's is. better just to keep it. Yeah. Um, that's a whole other, you know, um, side business. I mean, there's a number of, again, that's so um, people in town that do this. But Chicago is a big, um, um, until until 9-11, we were just, it was gangbusters. And then after 9-11, all the, mm-hmm. most of the productions went up to Canada. And it took a number of years for them to come back. And, right, uh, of yeah, course, I know what you mean. Co- you know, COVID shut things down, but now it's opened up again, gangbusters. We're just busier than ever. I was in Chicago like 2005, 2006. My son went into the Navy, and he was training, you know, at the base that's right there uh, Mm -hmm. north of Chicago. That's the big uh, Navy base. 
So he yeah. did his boot camp there, and you know, I went in there to see him graduate because, of course, he did it right fresh out of high school, and he was my youngest kid, and I was like. Yeah, all right. You know, things that children make you do. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, and yeah. so I went to Chicago, and then right after he came out of, you know, and we had a chance to, like, walk around, like, the downtown area, which is beautiful. And then, of course, right after he finished boot camp, he, he finished right in time to come home for, like, the Christmas holiday, and he went to play soccer with his friends and broke his ankle. So mom on New <laughs> Year's Day had to fly with him back to the base because he was on crutches. Um and that was my second visit to to Chicago. No, it was great. Chicago I tried this great Philly sandwich, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you need you need a better trip than that. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I, but I, uh, I, and we went we Chicago, went along that road that goes along the shoreline. What is it? Uh, right. Richard Drive, Sheridan Road, Lakeshore yeah. Drive, and Sheridan mm-hmm. Road. Yeah. Yep, yeah, we did that drive, which is beautiful uh, because we did it like in November. And, and well, and then coming up from that far north, you would come back through all those mansions. Right. And Kenilworth and uh, uh, Winnetka. Oh my gosh! Um, yes. There are some. I, I. It's one of my favorite things. I mean, I'll, you know, I always. I'm like, there's a, there's a Warhol line that you know, I'd show up for the opening of a door. You know, that's, um, so uh, you know, in that I'm always if there's if something's open, if there's a place I can go to, I want to see it. But you know, when, oftentimes it's these little you know, little cramped apartments or little houses. But if I can get a chance chance to get into a, a like a giant apartment or a huge right. mansion i get all excited <laughs> I, I i i really uh, enjoy the architecture of of it and again they're yes. old these are all old houses oh yeah and Imagine so, so old houses so they're just big antiques to me um exactly uh and even i mean here in chicago i live in a building from that was built in 1927 mm-hmm. and in um 29 at the crash right. they offered 50-year leases if you just stay here, fifty-year leases. Wow! And it was, but you know what? That was brilliant because so from twenty-nine to seventy-nine, it stayed in families. Yeah, it stayed it in did. multiple generations of families, and then seventy-nine, eighty, it went condo. But the building then was kept up, yes. where there are other buildings that did not do that of that same yeah, age. Yeah, it was, uh, it was like basically owned in a way. Uh, yes. Yeah, it was a huge commitment. I mean, mm-hmm. this was a, in this was in when this place opened in twenty seven. It was the most expensive rental building in in town. Like wow. politicians and baseball players, you know, lived here. And uh-huh. um, I, you know, and I just and I remember as a kid going past this building, going, "Oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine living here." And and now I do. <laughs> but go. yeah, I but I love that space. That's really yes. my point. Is that you know, and I even I you know just in encourage your listeners to it so it's like you get an opportunity to get into it, an old house just to walk through it yes. do it <laughs> yes of that course. might not be there you know a year from now I yeah mean, yeah yeah, yeah. They, right. they um, um yeah they uh when I, before i moved to where i moved because i moved in the last few months i lived in a hundred year old farmhouse down in homestead which is like the agricultural belt of miami mm-hmm. and uh this was and, and i was able to dig up thank thankfully because now there's so many newspapers that you know you can do it online because if i had to do it you know i found the original owners and how they had come from ohio and um basically they were growing oranges and mm, we bought it from the guy the, he sold it he the gentleman died and his wife died and then her his kids because he had like 30 acres out there they subdivided they sold it and eventually his great great grandson bought it 
who, which is who we bought it from. And he lived there like 20-something years. And wow. he redid it. He, he really redid it because it's uh, these old wooden farmhouses. People don't realize that, you know, after a while, you got to really stay on top of that. These properties, if not, oh, they'll sure. deteriorate. So oh, we were yeah, lucky. Absolutely. He uh, he got he he bought the house in '92 uh, when Andrew came through. He bought it just in mm-hmm. time to get uh, plowed by <laughs> Hurricane Andrew. So he kind of didn't have a chance, but he really renovated it nicely inside with the wood, and it had the what they call South Dade pine. And we mm-hmm. lived there. Um, we lived there for like 11 years, and then I moved up here to where I'm at right now. And this little town, it's been around since the 1880s. It's called Citra, and. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've dug up a. Every once in a while, we've been digging, and I'll find bottles and stuff like from eighteen, nineteen, twenty. You know, yes. Yeah. A lot of people people don't think don't realize that you know, like, um, you know, modern uh, garbage uh, disposal like pickup. Mm-hmm. It, it's not not. It wasn't always around. In other words. No, it, no, it really didn't exist. Not not in the So a lot of people would end up burying stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people don't think that that we think, man, yeah. because everybody's so used to, well, you put it in your garbage pail or, you know, your yeah. whatever. And then oh. you, yeah. And are there the bottle collectors? Yes, exactly. <laughs> on Facebook. Oh, my gosh. The right, right. And so, it's like every once in a while, totally I'll go, oh, what's that? You know, well, and so people uh, say, where did this, where does this stuff come from? Somebody dug it up. That's where it came from. Yeah. He dug some of it up. Yes. Right. Yes. And um, right like there. I said, it's people. Right People don't realize that disposing of a lot of these items, it's not like, it's, it wasn't always like that. Um, no, no. We, um, uh, what was it? Uh, when we were about the property, they had some, um, they had like an old, like a uh, pole barn, you know, and we, we got somebody, we said, look, and it had kind of collapsed. And we had somebody come in and they say, look, you, you need to take that all away, all this debris, you know, and everything. He found an Indian motorcycle in there. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I was still in Miami. I hadn't come down, you know, because we oh. would go back well, and forth. Well, that's a mortgage payment. <laughs> and I was like, he calls me up and he goes, guess what I found? And I was like, what did you find? He goes, 11 vacuum cleaners. And I'm like, okay. And an <laughs> Indian motorcycle. <laughs> now, you ask me what would somebody need with 11 vacuum cleaners? I have no idea. <laughs> but yeah, it was. But like, an Indian. But an Indian motorcycle, lots of people want that. Yes. And then, you know, we discussed yeah. And he was like, but I was like totally unprepared because I thought it was just going to be like household junk, you know, stuff right. like people. Right. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, people well, don't be realize that's <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like, well, that's, that's what I do. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, here's, here's, how about some exercise equipment? No. How about a vacuum? No. You know, and then somebody pulls something out and you go, oh. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's it's incredible. You and you will, you'll have people that they'll keep junk, and then I'm, I'm sure. God, I'm I'm sure you were aware of this. Amidst the junk, they have this couple of stuff. Yeah, that's like, well, oh, you got that. Most, it, it could be the most surprising thing too. Yeah, it could be any. It can really almost be anything. It's yes. just kind of strange. Yes, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like yeah, I wouldn't. And sometimes, like you said, they, they have it. They have it not because they realize exactly the vintage or the mm-hmm. antique value. They just have it because they like it, or maybe their grandmother gave it to them, and they just kept it and whatever. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, well, it's I had, I had a, a we were at a, a, a really a clean out, and the 
the woman who was doing the sale, there was a, what were they, um, oh, person had 500, I'm being kind, four or 500 uh, owls. Holy owls. Owls. So, so owl, so ceramic owl, you know, it's a candlestick, it's an owl lighter, an okay. owl, it's just, it's most disfigural, most figural, most ceramic, but there were carved owls, so that, and honestly, I was, she just kept begging me, you need, you need to buy these owls, <laughs> now, and I like collections, collections are important, I always say, you get one thing, you go, eh, you get three, well, that's interesting, you know, you get a dozen of them together, they kind of become something else. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that is. I'm sure there's a word for it. But you almost put, a, you know, 10, 12 of something together. And you go, oh, well, it's now a collection. You know, one yes. isn't a collection. Three yes. is a collection. A dozen is a collection. And I went, and she gave me a really good price. And I said, oh, I'm going to regret this. I sold every one of those. Homes. You're like, man, if I would have known. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you know what? To this day, we have done about four or five years ago. To this day, I have people come in and say, do you have any of those off? <laughs> yeah. And it's because um, probably, now probably I, I they're one of a kind, I, either they're not manufactured anymore. Oh, yeah, and, and the thing of it was is that I put them in, I just put them in, in a case all together, just like they were, uh-huh. just like the collection, how it was shown them going like, and say, this was someone's collection. Now, you know, unfortunately, there, there's interest in owls, clearly, um, and flamingos or certain mm-hmm. things, you know, alligators. Um, but, you know, it's uh, bears, um, but turtles. But <laughs> I stuff but yeah I, but there'll be things that aren't you know, just want to be clear you know someone has a you know i don't know armadillos <laughs> i don't have anybody asking for armadillos you know elephants yeah. of course elephants are popular yes. so you know there's kind of just these these little pockets of interest and if you know and that one i just kind of stumbled on um but but that's one where i like really wouldn't think anybody's going to care and then and what do i know you know well really. you know what so i, ha- I have back in the 90 19- 1980s. I'm going to say the 1980s. This is when Miami Beach used to have a lot of older people. Because remember, once upon a time, Miami Beach was really known for as a retiree yeah. kind sure, of place sure. before before Miami Vice, before our, you know, before. Yeah, it, yes, yes. So they used to have a. Um, basically, it was a. It wasn't. It wasn't an antique shop. It was a place where you would basically, like what you said, people would donate their furniture, you know, or they yeah, would like pick a up. Store. Yeah, something like that. But. They mm. used to have a lot of old furniture. I don't know if it's because so many of the older people live there. That they, they, what they specialize in was actually furniture, furniture like bedroom mm-hmm. sets, you know, tables. Yeah. And there was this a really big space. They were known for like they were they you call them up especially because it was heavy items and they would pick it up because they knew mm-hmm. this for some people to. And I remember I bought a couple of tables there, but talk about unusual, weird feelings walking around there. Mm-hmm. That was one of those places yeah. that it was like every once in a while, you know, you'd look over your shoulder and you'd be like, oh, God, what? You know, and that happened to me because every once in a while I would go over there. And like I said, a couple of, you know, there's only so much furniture you can buy, as, which is what they sold. Uh, but nice stuff, older stuff. Yeah. Really yeah. well made. And it was like, eh, I'd be wandering around in there and, you know, you just, you know, you're always poking, thinking yeah. behind there, I'm going to find the. Uh, yeah. And it's, every, you know, and. Sometimes, usually on the weekends, you had more people walking around in there. But if you went on the weekdays, it was kind of mm, kind of empty in the sense of you could be over here and then maybe there'd be another customer over there because it was a really big. Yeah. I don't know how many times I went in there and after a while, and it, not all the time, not all the time. But there were right. some days that I was like, I'm leaving. <laughs> and one time I remember I was um, I was looking at a coffee table, which I eventually bought. It was one of those rounded coffee tables. And I remember I mm-hmm. bent over because it was low. 
and I felt like somebody touched the back of my thigh. Okay. And it was like, I'm not against anything. I'm, I'm not, uh, there's nothing. I remember I was like, you know, when you straighten up, like, man, somebody touched me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I left and I came back that weekend later and, with my husband and I bought it. But yeah, I, it, it's really weird when you say the paranormal, it's not like in your face or weird. It's just no. that sometimes it's, you get this feeling like I'm not by myself. Yeah. Here. It's very subtle. And um, they, uh, I do think. I totally get this in what we were talking about earlier so with furniture. Mm-hmm. And again, if you think about like the amount of time someone spent, you know, I'm not saying that your cocktail table, but, but yeah. with a piece of furniture, with mm-hmm. again, when I talk about a, a desk, sitting at that desk or sitting in that chair, your furniture, you just kind of, it's kind of I think people also used to keep their the furniture years. longer so, too. You know, oh, oh, um, yeah, totally, totally. Um, uh, but yeah, um, uh, that's the kind of comments that I would get to. I've had people say, and it tend, well, the other thing I've noticed is when I said about all the people who have had some type of a experience, um, it's almost always a young girl, mm-hmm. and they'll say somebody touched my hair. There you go. Um, um, and I think I think it's a I think it's a child. I think it's a young girl. Okay. Um, and uh, almost everybody. It's happened to me. It's, it's happened, it happened to my store manager. He was funny. He completely said, would just think like baloney when people would tell him this. Uh-huh. And um, he'd come downstairs and he'd say, what do you want? I'd say, what? And he says, you called for me. I said, I didn't call for you. That I've noticed. She'll call. Yeah, she'll, yeah. you'll, you, you, she, she knows your name. Right. So I get this little, I get this little twain. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. turn around like, or hey. Which, by the, the way, cat. in the, in the paranormal, that's not that's not that's an intelligent hunting. That's not a residual. Yes, you yes, know. Yes, that's why I mean. I think it's I, I think it's a young girl. I think she probably lived in that apartment when it was an apartment, mm-hmm. and um, and I think all these things coming in energizes her. And every once in a while, and it's always yeah. by, when someone's by themselves, never a pair or a group of people like yourself when you were by yourself, mm-hmm. and it's place is empty. Then they're comfortable enough to go and communicate. Yep. Yes. So, yes. and I think honestly, I think these things are lovely. Yeah, I, I, it, I, I mean, I it do. wasn't it wasn't um, a bad feeling. No. It's just that when you're by no. yourself and you feel like yeah. I'm not by oh, myself. Oh yeah. No, no, no. And no, it was the same thing. I had the, the one, I had two incidents. One was my name, and then the other one was that uh, it sounded like like a mirror fell off the wall, but like right next to me. Mm-hmm. So this horrible crash. Okay. I always say it was like that, or if like you had a big pile of keys in your hand and you threw them on a concrete floor and they were, they were smashed. It was yes. that. And then I jumped and there's okay. nothing, nothing, nothing fell off the wall. Nothing. And I mean, I looked all over the place going, and I'm, just, I'm trying to convince myself that I'm missing something here, you know? Um, but it was just to get my attention. Sure. Um, uh, so, I think that was probably just the most vivid. Um, and again, this is of what twenty some years, and I've had two experiences, so I don't think that's a lot. No, it's not. <laughs> but it's not. Um, but I every time somebody asks me a question, I'm going, "Oh, here we go." <laughs> well, yeah, um, yeah. They're, in they're other out. words, yes, I've already heard some version of this already before. Yeah, <laughs> like I said, like, that, that well, in and of it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll say. Did it happen in the two little rooms above us? Yes. It's always. And, and very near this little corner, this little mm-hmm. corner that just seems to be the spot. So, and I go, oh, yeah, and, I go, and it's fine. I've had people get upset. I'm upset, scared. 
another is just going like, well, that was interesting. Right, well, you know, we just... And that in and of itself lends validity to it because, like you said, this is different people, different times, different. Yeah. And they don't go in there looking for the experience. They're looking at at antiques. And and I'm talking to you about this, but this is not something that I talk about. That you know, I not I don't promote. We don't have tours. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Next thing. (laughs) Don't promote this. Next thing you know, you get people calling you up. Hey. Hey, yeah. So, I mean, I mentioned, and I've even that, I've only mentioned since the book, and I don't write about it in the book. So, okay. it's, it's just, that's a per, kind of, you know, I've had some other personal experience that I'm not going to talk about, but, you know, it's that. It's, to me, that's more of a public thing because it's happening to the public. Right. Um, but, um, yeah. But, well, that's, I, and that's, I, I, I think that that, 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 that is that, so, that um, is selling dead people's things. That is so interesting, Dwayne. And and I want to thank you so much for for spending this time with with us. It's been great. I love those stories oh, and I've been showing fun. um uh I'll have a link to your website on the credits of the show. But for my podcast listeners, what is your website address? Oh, so it's uh sellingdeadpeoplesthings.com. Okay. And I've had a a, a slide going over showing the cover of the book. Okay, so Excellent. people know what it what a groovy I love the cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people can follow it on. Uh, there's a, a there's a Facebook. Uh, there's a couple Facebook groups for it. Oh, really? For the okay. book, and then there's for the readers. Somebody started a readers group. Um, for it, it's a selling selling dead people's things. And I want to give a shout out to. It was a complete female crew that uh, that pulled this book together for me. Really, my editors, my proofreaders, the um, uh, the, uh, the 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 cover art. Um, uh, yeah, it's there's six six women got together and got me through this and made it what it is. So, so are you gonna do book two? Uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm kicking it around. Um, COVID kind of threw me off base because yeah, I just okay. want to keep my business going, mm-hmm. and I did, and that's great, and we're fine. Um, but um, yeah, I, I definitely have some ideas, and I've, I've had a number of requests for it, and I'm I'm, I'm kind of more open to it than I was uh, I, I think a year ago. And again, you know. Talking to someone like you, it kind of energizes me that yes. perhaps I should. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Again, it has been wonderful to speak to you, and I want to wish you the best of luck. And uh, again, um, if you write another book or if not, because I, I'd love hearing those stories. I wish you would come back. But I either would, way, I, I want to wish you the best of yeah. luck. Thank you. This has been a joy. Likewise. Had a great time. You take take care. care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Here we go. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, we had kind of a little bit the other um, system that I use, which is uh, StreamYard. For some reason, it was not cooperating with his computer thingamajigger. That's why I, I don't have a, a, the camera version, you know, like a for him talking. So I did the picture thing because it was like, okay, this is not working. Let's fall back on plan B, which is the phone. Let's get back to basics. But anyway, I think it's such a great idea. Those stories are fantastic. And, and uh, I'm sure he's got, I'm sure he's got, after 30 some years of doing this work, I'm sure he's had, has a lot of stories. And like I said, you know what? Sometimes you have stories that are very, very much obvious that they're paranormal in nature. And then you got other things that are really subtle and um, they're not like in your face. 
you're like, like I said, uh, when I used to go to this, um, basically it was like, I want to say like a thrift store, uh, back in the 80s, <clears throat> Miami Beach. This was when Miami Beach had a lot, a lot, a lot of older people. people a lot of older people lived in the beach. And, um... And again, which is what I said, also this was around the time period furniture was well made and people kept their furniture for years and years and years and years. Okay, so when, and the point I'm getting to is that a lot of the furniture that ended up there used to come from people dying and the families, you know, if they lived in another state, they would come and they would just sell everything inside the house, including all the furniture. So you would have a lot of beautiful pieces by the well, very well taken care of. So this thrift store, they, uh, they, they were huge. They had a big area this was not like a little no as a matter of fact i don't think they even had clothing i think they were strictly just furniture and um sometimes i would go in there just to browse because let's face it how much furniture i mean you can only like but sometimes i would go there and you know see just to see if i can come across something and and i like you said when i was alone because, you know, uh, sometimes on the weekends I would be with my husband or my mom would go with me. And, you know, it was just different. The vibe was different. There was more people walking around. And there was a couple of times I was like, oh, man, my imagination's running away with me. Hmm. And you know what? It's really funny because people say, back in those days, this was, I tell everybody, the 80s was my baby, baby producing decade. And as anybody will tell you, when you have children, especially all back to back, like you grow eyes in the back of your head. You, in other words, your senses are like to the nth degree because you're always listening, you know, like because you're trying to this multitask, you're listening, your kid, you know. And then, so I don't know if at that time I was more hypersensitive. By this, I don't mean I was hearing things that weren't there, but I was picking up on stuff just because I was doing it all the time because I had small children. So, um, I know that there were times that I was like, ah, uh, you know, man, you, you know, you'd see me, I'd be like, you know, I wouldn't do one of these whip around things like what was there, but because I felt stupid because it's almost like quiet, you know, um, and you, I do one of these, like, hmm, I'm looking at that piece of furniture over there. But really I, what I was doing was I was trying to look behind me in this big space behind me because I felt like somebody was looking at me from behind there somewhere. Okay, so I'd be like, no, there's nobody there. And then, of course, every once in a while, you would hear somebody talking, and I'd come way on the other side of this place. It's like, and uh, they, they they really didn't have a bunch of employees running around. They they had employees usually like towards the front where you paid, and if you needed help, you'd go over there and you say, hey, look, can you help me uh, load this, or you know how much, you know, whatever. But you really didn't have all these employees running around. So that's what I'm saying. There wasn't that many people around, and uh, and there were days where it was there was nothing and then there were other days where it's like man i'm leaving because i feel like somebody's got like eye on me <laughs> and you'd walk away and you'd be like hmm and then you'd be looking at stuff and, and, and what happened ended up happening is it became so distracting it was like i'm not enjoying this i'm not, enjoy- <laughs> I'm not enjoying my shopping moment uh and i would leave i would leave um and there was another time that uh I went to, this was an antique stop, an antique store. This was, again, in the 80s. Uh, and it was the lady, the, the, the lady originally was from Philadelphia. She had moved down here. And she had had this shop for years and years. 
what she had was she had taken she she was like a, a, one of these older strip malls and she had taken up two shops in other words she had knocked down the wall between what would have been two shops and she had everything there she had a bunch of stuff furniture painting bric-a-brac and I remember um, we would talk a lot and when I, I w- sometimes I would go over there every once in a while I would because she was real close to my job and I would get out of five and this was around the winter time where by six six thirty it's dark and the reason why I'm saying this is again let me go back to when you have little kids you don't go to antique stores <laughs> don't it's like yeah so what I would do is I would stop every once in a while after I got out of work I'd zoom by there real quick and just talk to her and oh what do you got we just chit chat a minute and I keep going because that was my only time when I was sans children so I remember one time it was already and she was like she uh she said oh stay with me I'm, I'm closing up because she usually had another employee that worked there with her but that they that person was gone and uh she says oh just wait for me and I'm gonna pick up everything and you know she had uh so she had uh, turned off the lights on the on the on the other side of the store and she only had like a couple of lights on over like in other words it was like if anybody stops by this place is closed and I'm just there and uh, she's puttering around and she's getting her stuff ready and all of a sudden I hear something she had stuff like paintings and things hung up on the wall you know on the uh, you know on those walls on the side and all of a sudden I'm sitting and something falls off, off, falls off and I remember I looked at her and she looked at me and I I'm because remember this place is empty there's no customers there's no other um, there's nothing else there's no wind there's no air conditioning there's nothing there's no vibration there's no um, somebody moved a piece of furniture that moved this and then that made made that you know fall <laughs> remember I looked at her and she looked at me and she's like oh it's that picture again I was like that picture again what do you mean that picture again I was like I was like 23 20 you know, I was young I was like what and she goes yeah she comes up from behind this desk you know her thing she, she waddles over she's a chubby little lady real sweetheart though she goes in and she makes her way through this thing and she pulls up this picture it was like about like this it was oval all right and I imagine it was a reproduction it was like uh you know the times it was it was it was like a a, um, a painting of a young girl uh, like a, a young woman um and she, the way she was dressed it looked like it was like uh the the style of dress like you know from Pride and Prejudice like 1800s Edwardian times you know the under the you know okay uh you know that 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 kind of uh so it was a reproduction i'm sure it wasn't an original but it had you know the cold um frame on it i was like oh it's she's she does this one of those size things like <gasps> yeah she and i go um and i'm thinking okay you're gonna tell me why this thing fell off the wall and she goes now nah, i don't i just don't know what to uh and, and i think it was she used to have a guy that used to go out sometimes, like what Wayne, um, what Dwayne was saying. She, ha- I don't want to, I don't think it was her husband, but it was, it was a family member, somebody who would on the weekends go to garage sales and different places and estate sales, and he would pick up all these items if he found anything and bring them back. 
In other words, the guy was doing the legwork. And um, basically, he uh, he bought this picture. And it, she says, like, I don't even know where he got it from. He just bought it in. And, and she goes, and she, she tells me, that happens all the time. Uh, whoever stays here behind by themselves closing up, that thing falls off. They hear weird noises. She'd had one girl that uh, she w- would bring in, like, during the summer, who, like, ran out. Like, she says she heard somebody whispering. <laughs> whispering. <laughs> I reminded me of his story of the, 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 the employees come running, screaming from the basement. And um, and it was, when you looked at it, it was just this pretty girl with this little ribbon in her hair. And she had this dress, and it was like this. And it was, it's very, I want to say for lack of a better word, it, was it wasn't like an unusual picture. It was just, like if you were going to decorate your house in that style, you'd hang that. And she goes, and I... You know, it's just, I don't know what it is. And I said, but is it always that picture? Because I'm thinking maybe there's something in here that, she goes, it's always that picture. And I said, well, maybe it's, she goes, nope. Tried hooking it. I've tried hanging it in other spots. I tried, she says, I thought at the beginning it was for some reason the way that it hooked. The, she goes, I've, it's, it's gone around the walls here where I hang stuff. It's made the rounds. And she says, and it always usually happens at the end of the day, like when somebody's leaving and it's quiet like this. In other words, oh, you mean that they want to make sure that you realize that this thing. She goes, no, it won't happen in the middle of the day. It won't happen when there are customers there. She goes, the only thing I've had is that a couple of people tell me, hey, <laughs> that picture, the eyes follow me around. And I said, well, maybe it's one of those, you know, that on purpose they were painted to have, you know, the 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 the, the, the subject of the painting that they're, they're, like they're following you with their eyes. She goes, no, it's not painted that way. And I looked at it. Sure enough, it wasn't. And she goes, and she goes, more than one person has come up to me and said, hey, that painting. She's like, she, she, says, she would act like dumb. Which painting? <laughs> that painting. <laughs> the painting. Its eyes are following me around. She'd be like, really? I didn't notice that <laughs> And I, and I never forgot that story. I never forgot that story. Because when, um, you know, and of course, by comparison, this lady had a small a small business compared to uh, to Dwayne. But it, it was one of those things where it's like, you know, uh, and it was, it was a nice piece. It was like, but knowing what I did, it was like, no, I'm not going to find out, you know, what, what what's going on with that. But anyway, and there's my story, my paranormal story for the day. Again, guys, um, if you want to uh, get links to any of the episodes, whether it's on videos, on a podcast platform, there's I'm all over the place. But if you specifically have certain uh, podcast platforms that you use, I have links to all of that on the website, MiamiGhostChronicles.com. If you want to listen to any of the shows, whether it's Stories of the Supernatural, Nightshade Diary, or supernatural story time you can go to those each website and i have links to the actual mp3 files without commercial interruption where you could either download the mp3 file or you can just click it and listen to it like on the browser and you don't have to listen to um to any commercial interruptions because this is what happens when you know some of the episodes go through different podcast platforms is that then they they you know you get the advertising uh, so, and again, uh, if you have stories, 
if you have uh, any recommendation for guests, uh, Marlene at MyMigosChronicles.com. I have great, great um, guests lined up. And hopefully I will be able to take pictures of the chicks. And you know, I just don't want to, like, I don't know. I just, that's a weird experience I had there. But anyway, and um, and again, uh, the, the, the book is in progress. I'm hoping that by September I'm going to be releasing that uh, film noir motor, murder number two. And I've had a lot of requests that people say, oh, why don't you do shows about some of these old-time murder stories? You know, these old-time true crime, unsolved, whatever stories. Um, because it's great, because sometimes I don't have time to read. <laughs> I don't have time to read. And I, I, if you, you know, I want, I want you to talk about them, because I like to listen to them. Uh, or, you know, and or see the video. So I'm going to be trying to work that in somehow into the episodes between, you know, the guests and things like that. So, again, guys, I want to thank you for coming back every week and spending this time with me. You're all wonderful. And I do truly appreciate the time that you spend with me. So take care and see you next week. Hey, Tom, I'm heading to Walmart because you know what season it is. Oh, is it pumpkin spice season? Uh, no, it's flu season. And Walmart gives flu shots. Yes, flu season is here and we've got your back. With flu shots where you already shop. Our expert pharmacy team administers each flu shot and can answer your vaccine questions. Stay safe this flu season. Stop by your local Walmart pharmacy and get your flu shot today. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row. Proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks.